Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Me and Dan uh, sat down last night and took a bunch of your guys' questions and answers. We also announced a new giveaway we're doing. That would be Dan's Prime Bow. So stay tuned for that. We put a couple videos up on the Beast and Before the Echo this morning um, announcing that giveaway. That'll be given away a couple in a couple of weeks on a live show. Details are in this episode. Also, we gave away the Osseo gear, and I got that shipped out finally. I had, I had reached out to three different people to give that stuff away, and nobody ever got back with me. And Riley uh, finally got back with me last night on the show. So congrats, Riley, on winning the Osseo gear. Um, all right, before we get into the episode, i got to thank a few of my sponsors, the first one being Osseo Gear. Osseo Gear is a great option for whitetail hunters. They develop a premium line of bow hunting gear that will rival any other clothing on the market in quality. Plus, you get a lifetime warranty, which is awesome, um, from anything you buy at Osseo. They have a super unique camo pattern uh, and great technology in their garments to keep you comfortable in the stand. Visit ASIOgear.com to get you some premium hunting clothing. Also got to thank Exodus. Exodus doesn't have any ad reads at the moment. Just go over uh, to their YouTube channel, Exodus Outdoor Gear, and check out all the stuff they have on there. That channel's got some crazy growth this year. Um, they also have a whole bunch of awesome podcasts on their platform. Um, they have the Land Podcast, Deer Gear Podcast. They got um, their, their trail cam radio, all good stuff, all kinds of good information on those platforms. So go over to Exodus stuff and, and give them guys a subscribe and check them out. Hunting Beast Gear. Season's coming soon. Get your pre-orders in for the beast stand. You really can't beat a beast stand and beast sticks. I think it's one of the best systems on the market for mobile hunters. Go check them out at huntingbeastgear.com. And finally, got to thank Uncle Lou over at Stealth Outdoors. If you haven't gotten your stealth strips yet, get them ordered to get that gear all prepped for season. It's right around the corner. Visit stealthoutdoors.com and get you some stealth strips. All my partners are linked in the description below. Let's get into the episode. Oh, you see all those people in there? <laughs> Quite a few people on tonight. Yeah, yeah. Even Stealth Outdoors is on there. Yeah, everybody's on tonight. Cool. Um, Zeke's dad's wife is on. Zeke's nice dad's wife. Zeke's got dad's it. Wife. <laughs> I think I know who that is. That's funny. Um. Hope everybody's uh, doing good tonight. Thanks for getting on tonight. Uh, we are giving away the Osseo gear. I've attempted three times to give this stuff away, and nobody wants this stuff, apparently. Maybe because, I'll win uh, this time. Yeah. Um, I keep trying. <laughs> uh, just so everybody knows, like, all you have to do tonight is put a comment in the chat, and that qualifies you to, to win. So, um it just, so, it just so picks what's up. the deal? This guy didn't, uh, again, you got a guy that didn't contact yep. back. Yep. They're officially disqualified. I, I've, I reached out to him twice and never got back with me. So, um, so you're going to give it away today now with yep. somebody online. That's right. So somebody that's actually know. here in the chat and at the, somewhere near the end of the show, when we have, you know, everybody make sure everybody's on, we'll, uh, we'll do the drawing. I got a, uh, comment or a chat picker up here we'll put we'll share that and then it'll just be whatever whoever randomly gets chosen so if you're if you're on just leave a comment and uh, you'll be entered to win 
Nice. There you go. So it's a early season, early season um, setup for Masio gear. You'll get like a, a hoodie and a, a long sleeve shirt and pair of pants. Um, a couple other things. So I could use some pants. I'm not wearing any right now. You better comment. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me stand up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the uh, before the show started, I all I hear in Dan's background was this big giant fart, and I'm like, "What was that?" <laughs> I, didn't know <laughs> I just had it sitting in limbo. <laughs> and then, like a minute later, here his face shows up. I'm like, "Did you just fart?" He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> oh, good thing I can only see you, not smell you. Yeah, I'm an attractive kind of guy. I'm feeling hot today. I want to. Yeah. Uh, the grocery store on my way home from work and uh the woman behind the teller asked me if i was single <laughs> what what was her intentions i don't know <laughs> i told her no i'm not single and she was like she was like oh i didn't mean it that way <laughs> oh. <laughs> she, did. she was like flirting with me about the stuff i bought oh that's funny there you go dan yeah well, at least, uh, Carol, she's got some competition. Yeah. She said, that's something you don't tell your wife. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, what have you been up to? Anything new? Uh, I got those two food plots, uh, seeded. They were, that was kind of interesting. I went back out there to seed them and it's only been what, uh, five days or something. Yeah. And, uh, there's deer all over them. The first one, um, the scrapes got opened back up, and there was three scrapes in the food plot that were, uh, I mean, beat down into the earth. It was crazy. I don't know what's going on back here, but we had uh, three bucks bedded by the scrapes. Hmm. I didn't get a good look at them, and I'm not positive they're all bucks because um, they jump up and they just tear out of there. But no fawns, you know, yeah. so I'm assuming they're bucks. Yeah, probably so. They like that bare dirt when you bear that earth, you know? Yeah, I think they like, they can like, I think it attracts them almost, like they can smell yeah. it or something. They like that. Um, I've noticed that. that like uh, a lot of these, uh, you know, want to be uh, land managers will create bedding and they'll uh, rip up the earth where they create the, these uh, beds and deer will come right in and bed on them and they think they're doing something. And it's, I think it's because they create that earth, but they don't keep bedding there. Because you, a deer beds in a spot, like because of the wind, because of the thermals and stuff. It's really, really hard to create the exact spot they'd want to lay in. Yeah. You know, because you don't right. smell like a deer. But they'll lay there because they uh, bear the earth. There's something with that. Uh, when you break ground, deer just love that for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why either. It's kind of like minerals. If you just pour it on the dirt, it doesn't do much. But if you dig the dirt and move it into it. Yeah. They seem to. It's like I'm, almost they wanted they like to dig for it or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't put. Out, I don't really put out minerals or anything like that anymore. I used to when I, I was younger either. a little bit. But it's it's, it's still legal. legal. It's yeah. It's legal. it's it's still legal here. I just. I don't know. Seems like I can do something better with my time. Right. Exactly. I uh. I went scouting today for a little bit. It's one of those spots where I got real excited about it on the map there. And there was a couple like pretty large creeks I had to cross and 
Um, I got back there and there was like four ladder stands back in there, which is kind of shocking to me. Um, mm. But they were in your typical spots where it's like they, they just pick the four best spots where you can see the farthest, you know, mm-hmm. um, and put them up. So I'm, it's probably just like gun hunters or something. Um, but looked really, looked really good. I didn't see a lot of big buck sign. Um, I saw a couple of nice tracks, though, which, um, you know, gave me some hope. I didn't really push into the bedding area, like into the swamp. I just kind of stayed on the outskirts and looked for tracks and stuff coming out. And I threw one trail camera up uh, over a area that was like between the swamp and a private crop field. And um, I may go, you know, if I either I'll probably just leave it and not hunt that spot this year, but um, see see what's on that trail camera come winter time. But Mm-hmm. It was a, a little. It was a little bit disappointing. It was like a one of those deals where it took me like an hour to get back there, especially right now when it's like you know the there's uh, real tall vegetation everywhere and it's hot. It was hot and kind of wading through swamp and then get back there. It's like gosh dang it! How do you get four ladder stands back here? I <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. well, real nice bucks. Did you? Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of hard to tell how big they're going to be right now. But I mean, when they got big brow times right now, and it, you know, it's not even July, and uh, they're wider yeah. than the ears, they're going to be good deer. Yeah, I just have to keep an eye on them. It's almost July. It'll be July before we know it. Yeah, by the end of July, they'll have almost yeah. full racks. Right now, they're they've got to be putting uh, over an inch a day on. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward. So when, to it, when deer grow. One thing people might not realize is that uh, they start from the bottom up. So they grow the brow tines first, and then they grow the beams. Well, the, the, the brow tines grow as the beams are growing out, mm-hmm. but the tine lengths won't be there. The tines grow last, like after the beams get wide, you know. So um, right now you're looking at brows and width, you know, to yeah. determine if it's a shooter buck. Yep. Yep. I've been seeing a lot of deer out and about. Um, I haven't. It's crazy how many I've been seeing. It's been yeah. Over. yeah, I know a lot of people are kind of uh, worried about EHD around 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 here with it being hot and dry. But we'll see. We haven't gotten a lot of rain. Just a, I think I, I looked up. We've gotten about like I think eight inches since March, which is better than what you guys have gotten. Actually, yeah, we we ain't got much rain at all. Yeah. I actually seeded oh. those plots. We haven't had rain since I seeded them. Dang. I was a little worried. I mean, um, now I don't know a lot about plotting. You know, I just know what's good and where to put it, you know. But uh, I killed the weeds, and then I then I cut them, and then I killed them again because the weeds were over my head. So, you know, you worry about the undergrowth weeds, you know. So uh, I sprayed it twice. And the second time I sprayed it, then I kind of tilled it up a little. Mm-hmm but I was worried about, I mean, can you seed it too fast and then the rain gets the, the poison onto your seed? Um, or were you just, were you just spraying Roundup or what were you spraying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like glyphosate. I don't think glyphosate is as bad as like something like two, four D. I think, mm-hmm. I think, I think, uh, I don't think glyphosate isn't a post emergent. So I don't, I think you're all right. Um, okay. What a lot of people might not know is you got a lot of experience with with stuff like that because you work in the farm industry a little bit. Yeah, the only thing I would have done if I were you, Dan, probably is waited to waited a little bit to plant it, waited closer to fall. But 
It'll, well, if you I'm get rain. Clover. Oh, okay. So Clover, I like to get it started. Yeah. Yep. Um, but no, I mean, a lot of farmers and stuff around here, you'll see them. I mean, essentially that's what they're doing. The same thing as you did is they got, it's not all, always weeds, but you know, some type of cover crop that kind of lays over once you drill in the, uh, the seed and they spray it with, uh, glyphosate and that mm-hmm. kills all the cover crop and lays over like, kind of like mulch for the seed. But, yeah. um, anyway, yep. That's cool. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, that, that spot, I, I wish I would have probably spent a little more time in there, but I had to get back home and it was, I was drenched with sweat and everything else. And, um, it's not too far from an area I know where there's a really big buck. So we'll see what happens. You can get in there with a boat too, or a kayak, which might be the better option. Um, you could, you get in there if the water, if we had some rain, um, right now the creeks were pretty dry. So it'd been, you'd have been dragging your kayak through a bunch of muck and, you know, layovers and everything else. It wouldn't be in the most ideal situation, but that may be an option if we get more rain. Um, yep. we got a lot of people on now. So all you guys have to do to enter into the Osseo giveaway is to uh, post a comment in the chat tonight. I'll try to remind people talk as about we that, go. Uh, that bear uh, eating that dude in, in uh, Arizona. Yes. Yeah, let's do that. I got it up here. Dan, I don't know much about this. Dan just sent it to me before um, before we got it's been on. popping up all over the place. I've been hearing it on the radio and all kinds of stuff. Let's see if I can share my screen. There it is. Uh, crap. They're asking me to buy it now for a dollar a week. Um, just- anyway, this is the article. Black Bear Kills Arizona Man. You can find that article all over the place. You don't have to yeah, get it from this is the New York Times. Matter of fact, yeah. I don't like the New York Times. <laughs> what happened there? So the guy was uh, um, by his cabin, and they said he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't have no food out. There's no water there. There's no reason for this. So they thought it was a predatory attack, purely predatory. He was sitting having a cup of coffee outside. And the bear snuck up on him and attacked him and dragged him 75 feet while he was screaming um, to eat him. And mm. uh, neighbors heard the screaming and ran over, saw what was going on. They were beeping horns and they were uh, banging pots and pans and yelling at the bear. And the bear just kept at him and uh, wanted to eat him and drag him off away from the people screaming. So uh, one of the dudes ran home, ran to his cabin, got a gun, came back and shot the bear. Well, by that time, it was too late, and uh, the guy died. Um, Arizona says that they've only had uh, two bear attacks that were fatal. I think they've had about 11 bear attacks that are, um, I might be misquoting that, but I think that's what it was. Um, Like 11 bear attacks or 12 in the last 10 years, and two fatal, including this one. But uh, I've noticed that uh, most of the time, um, and I pay attention to bear attacks because I bear hunt a lot and stuff, and I always yeah. find it interesting in a morbid kind of way. But uh, <laughs> you uh, notice that most of the time, it's not those huge boars that do it. Yeah, The huge boars seem really timid, like they hide from people. It seems like it's the younger bears that are like uh, got kicked away from mama and they're two or three years old, 
and they're real yeah. skinny and starving. Usually they have worms where they can't, they're not getting enough nutrition where they just like risk it all, you know, to get a big prize. Big, stupid humans are easy to catch, you know. Yeah. I'm not saying this guy was big and stupid. I'm just saying people in general are easy oh, to yeah. catch. Um, sure. So I think this was a predatory attack. I am very interested to hear the size of the bear. I have not seen anything on that yet. Mm-hmm. But I want to see if it fits that uh, that narrative. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a good thing bears are are afraid of humans for the most part. You know, it's like yeah. them things. If they if they knew what they could do to us, it's like we wouldn't be able to do anything. You know, you you know, uh, bear attacks on hunters is usually, I believe, mistaken identity, where they think the human is a bear, like in a yeah. tree or. Um, yeah. A lot of guys get bit in the foot, like they'll kick at the bear when the bear climbs a tree. They, when a bear comes into a bait pile, just think about how they do it in, in nature. When they come into food, like they find a, a, a winter kill or something, yeah. you know, which is usually what they do, they find some dead animal, right? And they feed on it. And when they do that, um, bears will come from a long ways. They can smell a, a carcass from like 10 miles. So you might have a sow and cubs there, right? The boar comes in. And what will happen is the cubs will, will uh, the mom will make a little bark and the cubs will go up a tree. And they're used to looking in the trees for these cubs. And if they, they uh, boars always kill the cubs whenever they can. They'll kill them and eat them. And uh, they look up in the tree and they see movement. They think it's a cub at a, at a food source. So they come up to investigate that. And then usually um, the people that get bit in a tree, they get bit once and then the bear runs off. And that's what it does. As soon as it bites you, it realizes you're a human, you know. Um, but in this case, with this guy in the news article, it was a predatory attack, and he knew it was a human went after him. And that's a bear. If it if it did survive, it didn't say. It said it, the guy shot it. It didn't say yeah. if he killed it or not. Uh, maybe there's an article out there that does say that, but I haven't seen it yet. Um, but it didn't say he killed it. But I don't think he did because it didn't say the DNR killed it either. But whenever you have a bear that attacks a human in a predatory way, you have to hunt that bear down and kill it. It won't stop. Yeah. Once it's done that once, once it loses its fear of humans, you have to kill yeah. that bear. Once it once it figures is that we're we're uh, easy targets, it's over for right. him. Uh, yep. Yeah. Mm. Yep. That's uh, man, you just never know when it's your time. Some bear may walk out of the woods and just eat you. <laughs> You know, too, I mean, um, a person should be prepared for stuff. I mean, yeah. especially in today's world, not necessarily that a bear is going to run out of the bushes and, and attack you, but something could happen. Somebody could try and rob you. You're more likely to have problems with humans. But um, I'm telling you, if you're not afraid of guns and you're not uh, you're a good moral human, you should probably have a permit and carry a gun. Yeah. And because so- crap happens everywhere. And the worst thing is, is if you're... If you're stand, if you're someplace and something happens, and you're unarmed and you can't do anything about it, that's the worst thing. I mean, if something happens to me, I'm kind of okay with that. Like that's a life decision or whatever. But I would hate to be present when somebody I love or somebody I care oh, about man. is being hurt in some Arm. way where I can't do something. And I'm going to try anyways. And it's probably yeah. going to cost me my life too. You know, in, in certain situations. But because of that reason, I carry pepper spray and a gun. And the reason I carry yeah. both is because I don't want to have to shoot somebody. Right. The gun's the last resort. 
And I, um, I've got friends that have had to use their guns. I mean, usually like it's a dog or something though. Dog attacks yeah. are pretty common. Um, well, there's more dogs around, you know? Yeah. My, my, um, brother-in-law, um, had a, a pit bull jump his fence and, uh, attack his German shepherd and him at the same time. And, uh, he had to shoot it in self-defense and, uh, that was in the inner city. And, uh, that was found totally justified. Yeah. He killed it. Yeah. But if he didn't have a gun, I mean, then what? And he went into, he went into a seizure. He has a problem with, um, seizures. He has something Mm -hmm. wrong where he has seizures a lot. He went into a seizure right when he shot it. And I mean, if he went into a seizure when this dog attacked him, he'd have been dead. Yeah. It is weird. Like you bring up a good point. Now I'm like sitting here thinking about that. Like it's weird that it's weird to get attacked, attacked by a bear on your back porch or whatever. Like, right. But, but stuff happens. Like, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be. I, a, I know, a but like, I feel like, well, I mean, maybe he doesn't understand bear behavior or something, but like, I don't know, like go in your house before he gets to you. It's kind of, it's just kind of weird that. Well, I, that I think it snuck up on him from behind or something. Oh, but okay. I mean, literally, literally, I mean, I'm a paranoid person. I, I yeah. watch too much news, and I'm always watching what's going on around me. If I hear something behind oh, me, yeah. look, you know, I'm always yeah, looking I'm around. Somewhere. So, yeah, it's almost a curse sometimes. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I can't sit in a restaurant. I mean, I, I wonder how many people are are, uh, are on right now that are going to say the same thing. When I go in a restaurant, first thing I do is look for a door or a seat that's facing the door where I can watch who's coming in. Yeah, yep. Oh, same way. I'm the same way. Um, I think a lot of that's just like a being a a uh, a male too, like a man. Sometimes that we, I think that's an in, in, innate in us, or a lot of us. It still is, you know. Maybe. Um, yeah, I'm a little feral. So. Yep. <laughs> you want to talk about the uh, your bow giveaway to the show? Sure. So after we get this osseo gear out of my hands, we're gonna give away a bow. My bow. It's it has a lot of good shots left in it. Sure does. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, Dan's bow from last year. I think Dan wants to give that one away. Yeah, I used so it for one season. Um, yep. I got two new uh, bows that match, and as a matter of fact, they're the same model as the one I'm giving away. Um. And uh, I'm going to give it away. And uh, how are we going to do this? Um, I'm going to. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Pick like 10 people on the show. Yeah, I think we're going to we're I guess we'll have some requirements, right? Like you got to be subscribed to our channels. You got to be just subscribed to the Hunt and Beast and um and this channel before the Echo. And then we are when do you want to give it away? You want to give it away next week on the show or you want to go What do we weeks? do? Why don't we do one week where we pick the people? And the next week the people have to be on. Okay. Because I hate this. You're not on. You can't. You know, can't get a hold of these people or whatever. Yeah, it's. You have annoying. to be on. Two yeah. two weeks in a row. Yeah. Like it or not, that's the rule. 
right? Yeah. So we get we or at least have somebody watching that's on that you can get on quick. Yeah. So any anywho, um, or have it running in the background if you got something going on. But yeah. be there to check it, right? Yeah. Okay. So then the first week you give me like 10 names, I'll do yep. a printout and uh um I'll shoot the printout and uh the name I hit gets the uh, bow. Yeah, this was this was Zeke. I'll, I'll put it at like ninety yards, so I, I'm. You know, <laughs> we just watched Dan shoot like a dozen arrows at it. No, actually, you know, um, I don't like my neighbor's dog. I'll tape it to the neighbor's dog. <laughs> oh no! Don't say that. <laughs> no, no, I won't do that. Won't. Um, this was Zeke's. This was Zeke's dad's idea. He the other day, yeah. uh, the other show, he was like, "You ought to." Um, put everybody's name on a piece of paper and have Dan shoot it. And that's what we're going to do. I think Zeke. we should do that every time we do a giveaway from now on. Yeah, that's pretty Let's fun. Let's see how it works first, though. All right, to summarize for everybody, I'm going to put this, I'll put this clip of this on this channel and on the Hunting Beast so people can um, get it, you know, get around and, and, and see it. But uh, this, this clip will go up and then you have to be subscribed to both our channels, the Hunting Beast and Before the Echo. Next week on Thursday... Um, we're going to pick 10 of those people that, uh, had left a comment. I guess they got to leave a comment for us to pick them, but leave, leave a comment on this video, uh, on the clip of this video. Um, and then we'll pick 10 comments on the 29th, which is next Thursday. And then on the sixth, which is the Thursday after that, we'll, uh, we'll have Dan shoot them live here on the show, the 10, 10 people and whoever's, whoever's arrow, Whoever square Dan hits will be the winner. So we can put them like in a circle, but there's going to yeah. be a bull. Should we have a bullseye or should we just all have them come to a point? Who'd I think it should be like a pie. And then you a try pie. to hit the middle. Yeah. You try to hit yeah, the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And of course you Thank won't you hit the middle. So it'll, <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. And then whoever has the most arrow in their, in their pie wins. Um, I think that's the best way to do it. I can make the, I can send you the printout for it. All right. Um, and then we'll, uh, and you have to be try try to your best to be on the next. If you're the ten people, we'll we'll, we'll let you know. Um, and then Dan'll sling an arrow at the pie plate with your name on it, and we'll try to win. That sounds like it'd be a good time. So tonight, the rest of the night, we'll um, we'll just take Q and A. So we'll leave a question in the in the chat, um, and we'll we'll get around to some of them tonight, and then we'll. Uh, answer them. Just put a question mark before the question, so I know it's a question. Pie like this, right? Yep. And you try to hit the. People. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought I thought it said Dan, Josh, and Dan's wife, or something like that. No. <laughs> I was gonna leave a little tiny sliver for other people. But... Oh, that's hilarious. Um, before we start to questions, everybody, leave your questions in the comments. Let's uh. Let's do this Osseo gear giveaway. We have about 268 people on, according to my really? screen. Yeah. Is that less than that's, usual? That's enough. No, not right now. It's about normal. Okay. Um, let's do the giveaway for the Osseo gear. Okay, how are you going to pick a name? I'll show you. It's real cool looking. Let me... Uh... Do you want me to maybe shoot him? <laughs> let me... Let me... <laughs> I see people in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's right there. There's Hunter six fifteen. <laughs> let me uh let me get it pulled up here. 
All right, let's see how many comments we we have. Uh, screen number two. We'll let it, we'll let it load up here. I think it's uh, there's sixty comments. It feels like there's more than that. Maybe that's how many there are. Uh, yeah, hurry up, guys! If you if you want to win the giveaway, make a comment. That way we can comments you can win. We can we can pick some. Let's try to let's try to get up to a hundred comments. There's there's two hundred seventy five people on now. So um, give them a minute to comment now that we said that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Dan. Well, here's what we can do. How's that building coming along while people are commenting? Oh, <laughs> oh, you just poked the sore spot right in my ribs. Yeah. So I. Uh, Uh, the guy came over, set up the pedestal in the, uh, the box and, and, uh, got it ready for we energies. And yeah. then the inspector came out and, uh, the inspector called me, I was out in the woods and that's kind of abnormal because usually they just deal with the contractor. Mm -hmm. And he's like, um, I just want to talk to you personally because, um, this is all wrong. He says, uh, the electric wires are way too low ampage or the, the grounding ain't right. The box isn't putting right. The, the pedestal ain't right. And it's used. And, um, and I was looking at your building and it's crooked and there's <laughs> the windows on wrong and the grades wrong. And I was just like, yeah. So, um, I'm making the guy get an electrician over here. Yeah, the, the, the inspector said, uh, "I'll come back one more time, and if it's like that again, I ain't coming back." Mm. So, so that's but he didn't say that to me. He said that to the contractor. He said, "Oh, he, uh, but uh, um, I told him I was getting an electrician out there, but the, um, the contractor guy is uh, doing that on the side, and his boss apparently didn't know about it." Yeah. And uh, the the uh, inspector called his boss. Suddenly, so his boss said, "You sent a certified electrician out there. This is bull." Yeah. So, I mean, my brother's been working hand in hand with that guy for years, so I think my mm. brother would have some say there. I'm getting really annoyed by the whole thing, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, for sure. Yeah. Everything about it's annoying. Right. Um, the guy right. does not like coming over here when when my uh, when I'm not around because my wife just lets him have it. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm more patient. I'm nice. I bite my lip. And I just tell him how it is. I mean, I'm not real nice, but I don't. She'll right. Off. She goes right. off. <laughs> no sympathy at all for him. Right. Not at all. Uh, let's see here. We got 146 comments now, so that's better. All right. Um, all right, here we go. We're going to put the hit the draw. I'm going to count down to 10. You better leave your uh, comment. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Oh, I didn't get a comment in. Here we go. Who's going to win? Who's going to win? Can it still pick me if I didn't put a comment in? Nope. Riley. Riley Shriner? Shriner? Who's that guy? 
I didn't even see him when I was looking <laughs> in the hole. Oh, he must have commented, man. We have a bunch of uh, new commenters. So got one in right at the end here. Yeah. Riley. Uh, Riley. Awesome, man. I'm going to put my email in the chat. Uh, send me an email, and we will uh, we'll get your sizing and stuff. Well, congratulations. Yep. Hopefully, well, you can get it. a picture of him uh, wearing the stuff that we can show. Yep. Hopefully, he's uh, nice there, enough to do that. There you go, Riley. My email is in the chat. I'll look you up too later if you if you don't email me tonight or anything. But congrats, man. You'll love the stuff. It's good stuff. Um, glad you won. Hopefully, you're still nice. on. Ah, he said thank you. There we so, go. He is on. Awesome, you got man. somebody who actually claimed her prize. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had those problems on the beast too. I mean, every time I gave away something, I mean, uh, besides all those scammers ripping everybody off. Yeah. I could never get the guy who would win to respond. That's why I didn't like doing it. I like doing it this way a lot better. Yeah. I even told uh, on the video I put up uh, last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was, I was like, check this tomorrow because we're going to draw someone tomorrow. And I come, I mean, I tried to reach out to them twice and, and they never got back with me. So, yeah, it is what it is. Um, all right. Everybody leave your questions in the, in the comments here. We'll, we'll do a few tonight. Maybe a, a little bit of a, a shorter episode. Me and Dan just wanted to get on here and get the, um, um, the giveaway done and, and announce the, the next one and get to some, some questions. I'm pretty pumped you, up for hunting. Oh, yeah, me too. Me I'm too. feeling good this year. I'm feeling confident. Yeah. I am too. I, I haven't, uh, last few weeks, I haven't been doing a whole lot, but uh, this weekend, me and dad are going to shoot bows and stuff and get all that ready. I've been shooting my longbow a decent amount. And I got my, my compound set up the other day, but Seems like every time I want to go and like finish setting the compound up, it's all it's real windy. Hmm. Carol yeah. wants me to go on Kill Fest tonight. One of her uh, stray cats she's been taking care of died. She had me bury it in the yard. Yeah, two nights in a row now. I put bricks on it and everything. The coyotes dug it up. Mm. Bury it again. It digs it up. She's like, "It's time to kill those coyotes." Yeah, call and Wyatt. Like, got pups. She's like, "Screw the pups." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she loves animals. Yeah. Um Yeah, when we buried Penny back here the first night something tried to get to her, they didn't do a very good job, but I had to I put a bunch of pallets and stuff on top of her until they uh until they left it alone. Yeah, now it's it's you know it was fine, but Tim, thanks for joining the the membership man. Um Thanks, 98. It's not too early to ask questions. Ask away, man. Let's see here. Uh, here we go. Question for Dan. I'm thinking of getting into doing my first bear bait in northern Maine this season. Any tips on getting the bait in bulk for a reasonable price? Thanks, Josh and Dan. I don't know what you got going on in Maine, but... Uh... In Wisconsin, um, you can just go to like these bait stores. I search I Google bear bait, and they're they're all over the place. Um, I'm trying to think of Eric Hoosman's uh, 
it's a trophy adventure bait or yeah google it once do you know what it is yeah i'm, I'm pretty sure it's uh here because he'll ship it he'll ship it right to you in bulk and he's the bulk dealer for wisconsin uh he's a friend of mine i was just at his place not too long ago i bought cookies from him for the raccoons yeah so i bought a uh i bought a tote of cookies um which is um uh, about five and a half barrels or six barrels and uh that cost me three hundred dollars and i bought a barrel of mixed nuts um that was like 125 130 but i think you might even get better deals if you bought it in bulk if you're really if that's not bulk for you yeah um but that's he'll ship a, it right to your house um which is huge yep trophy adventure bear baits yeah Trophy so adventure. I would I would uh, contact him, um, tell him you heard about him from the Hunting Beast, and uh, uh, ask him if he can ship to you bulk of what he has. And uh, the cookies work really well. Um, the nuts are pretty good too. Nuts are really expensive, but if you mix them in, yeah, uh, they're pretty good. But he has a bunch of other stuff too. You could get uh, like a mix of things, which is what I like to do for bears. Because they have different tastes. Even like the raccoons. Raccoons are like little bears. And I play with them. Like I go out and sit with them every evening. Like I was on her earlier today and I had them all eaten out of my hands and stuff. And uh, yeah. um, I watch them and I watch what they eat. And a whole bunch of them want the cookies, which is why I got cookies. Right. And uh, I'll give them the cookies. And there'll be some of them that just sit there, smell the cookie, and look at you until they get some dog food. You know, it's not like a, in here we can't in Wisconsin, we can't use dog food for bears. But right. uh, it's funny how they each got their own little taste. And I've noticed that with the bears, too, is that when you use a certain bait, if you just use one bait, it might work real well for certain bears. Other bears, they might not even like that. And some bears will get sick of it after a while and want something else. They're like people. I mean, you wouldn't go to the same place if all they serve was the same, you know, one one thing on their menu and that's all they ever served you'd get sick of it after a while right how right. often would you go there so uh bears are kind of the same so i like to get a variety of stuff but you can get a variety in bulk from eric you could probably reach out to him too and if you're going to buy it from him and he'll probably give you some recommendations yeah eric is really good at that he understands the uh proteins and stuff that bears need and stuff at what times of the year they need certain things and more so than other people. Some people want to sell you fluff. A lot of the bear bait companies will sell you things to that attract bear hunters, like uh, um, bulk peanut butter or something like that. You know, some, some of that stuff works, but it's more like what a person would think the bear wants, where he has a really good idea of what, what kind of proteins they're looking for, or what they're going to be feeding on at that time of the year, or that kind of thing. Yeah. He probably has clients that from Maine that he knows what, I'm sure he does. Yeah. He deals with the stuff in semi-loads. Yeah. John Becker asked, have you ever noticed milkweed growing around your uh, go-to stands from using it all the time? Yeah, always downwind of my stands, there's milkweed. <laughs> <laughs> We're saving the butterflies. Yeah. We're saving the butterflies. A lot of monarch butterflies wherever I hunt, too. Uh, that's a big thing, apparently. That uh, There's a... Uh, not very many butterflies around anymore. I've had people uh, send me messages like uh, thanking me for spreading the, uh, the the seeds for milkweed or, and spreading the idea of it because it's planting all over the place because of me and 
creating this environment for, for butterflies, which is not what I'm trying to do. But I have other people get a hold of me and like, you're taking the seeds from the yeah and killing them and the butterflies can't use them. You got some people think you're ruining it, some people think you're helping them. But I hear a lot of the butterfly comments. Yeah. Tony asks, how's the drought going to affect antler growth? I don't know. It probably doesn't I help it. I don't think the I mean, drought has a huge difference on antler growth. I think what's more important is the uh, the winter, the length of the winter, the harshness mm -hmm. of the winter. Mild winters, you have like a, a better growth of antler. Now, that might not matter in some of the states. Like it probably doesn't matter at all down by Josh. Mm -hmm. We start getting in northern Wisconsin, it starts making a difference. Maybe in Maine, where the guy was just talking about, makes a difference. I know some of the outfitters in Canada were keeping track of that. I used to know an outfitter that was really into antler size, and he had it charted every year what people would shoot. And yeah. his antler size average would go down 10% on a bad winter year and up 10% on a good good year. Yep. I could see that for sure. And you're right. We don't got we don't have bad winters for deer here, really. I mean, it can be cold, but not cold for deer. I think it's uh, mainly the starvation thing. I mean, if you're in yeah. deep snow and there's no food source and stuff for a long winter, it's hard for yeah. them. Yeah, I'm sure the drought doesn't help it though. You know, I'm sure it's. I'm it sure has, it doesn't help, but yeah. I don't think it makes a huge difference. Right, right. I think they get a lot of it out of the grasses and stuff. But if everything's yeah. dried up and brown, it's hard for them. I guess the biggest thing is is they just got to survive all the diseases and stuff that come around with droughts. Um, let's see here. Nolan, thanks for joining the membership, man. Um, droughts usually bring that EHD pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. Slugworth, thanks for the donation. He says, how does one become a member of the hunting beast forum? I've tried to create an account, but I can't log in. So, um, are you using a good email? Make sure the email is correct so that you can get messages. Um, when you Try making a password um, because if there's a problem, Carol will email you. Um, if you have a name that looks like a spam or it looks like uh, or if it has something implying uh, something dirty in it or something, it might get rejected. Um, mm. So um, if you if you if you've tried to apply and it's taken more than uh, more than 10 days and you're not getting a response, Send me a private message and uh, I'll have Carol okay it or something going on there. But uh, it does take her up to about 10 days to okay them. And you should be at an email. And if you're not getting the email, it could be going to your spam filter too. So check that. Yeah. Because it comes from thehuntingbeast.com, which might go to your spam filter. Right. It's not, not anything normal. Um. Do you all do you already have a target buck you're going after or going in clean slate? How about you? Yeah, I do. Um, at least here in Indiana, I have a couple that I'm kind of going after mm -hmm. this year. But you never know. There's all kinds of things that could pop up between now and deer season. You know, right. some of those target bucks, I may never, I may figure out that they're dead or something, and something else may uh, pop up my radar. But I definitely have a couple that I'd like to. If they're around, I'd like to get an arrow in. It's always like, it's the same for me every year. I have a bunch of target bucks that I've been, some of them I've been hunting for a couple of years. Some of them I started hunting last year. And I also will be watching for newcomers and hunting new areas. So yeah. I float around a little bit and uh, I don't lock myself into one buck usually. It would have to yeah. be a pretty big buck for me to lock into one. But uh, yeah, I have target bucks. 
and I have, you know, just new areas and stuff. And I'm also constantly seeking new target books. So like I seen those two the other day that, uh, yep. together and, um, and they were both big bucks. I'm going to be keeping an eye and see how big they get. Rich asked, what do you think about mineral sites? Um, a invite for CWD or feeding deer with a pile of apples. Uh, I think uh, minerals will um, can cause disease because the deer eat from the same spot and the saliva. Um, and piles of food can do the same. Um, if you're going to bait or you're going to feed, I think a better way of doing it, not just for disease, but it'll help a lot with disease. But just in general, what makes deer feel safer is to spread it out. For whatever reason, everybody puts it in a pile. If you take uh, corn or apples and you throw them around like it uh, fell off an apple tree or out of a corn tree, mm -hmm. which might sound weird, but that's the way deer look at things. If it's in a pile, it's not safe. If it's spread out and they're working for it, um, then they're not going to get disease because they're not all licking the same pile, right? And the deer feel safer around that go um jim asked a good question he says i've been because I've, I've also noticed this this year i've been seeing lots of deer out between 11 a.m and 12 uh feeding in very hot days any clues why that would be uh, probably because we're at the longest days of the year right now and they have to feed every like six hours yeah i think yeah, uh, but, yesterday was like the longest day of the year wasn't it yes the solstice was yesterday yeah. um yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. I guess it's just there's longer days, so they're um, you're seeing. Yeah, I mean, more. during the summer, you see them a lot more in daylight too. Is it yeah, summer patterns are a lot different than than fall patterns? Yeah, they're just more comfortable right now too, so they're just out and about. I mean, that's one of the huge advantages of states that open in September, like early September, is those deer are still somewhat on summer patterns and are a lot easier to kill. They still yeah. move real well in daylight. I mean, uh, you look at the, my very biggest bucks. The, I mean, the very biggest ones mostly came from like opening weekend or opening week. Yeah. In, you know, in September, not rut, you know, not later in the year. Yeah. Okay. There's a question. Um, I'm not sure what your uh, username is there, man, but uh, I'm not going to butcher it. He says, are you guys scouting the same places year after year looking for a sign or do you have um, different places that are public to hunt. I'm looking all over the place. So I'm yeah. constantly looking for new territory and uh, um, for a couple of reasons. For num number one, um, lots of people seeking out the areas I hunt. Number two, um, I like uh, the adventure of hunting new spots. I like figuring out new deer. It's kind of the, the game for me. Um, and number three, there isn't always bucks in the spots that I hunt. It's public land. So there might be bucks there, but I mean, not what I want to shoot. So I'm constantly floating around and I might go back to an area every couple of years when a buck shows up. I might go through and look for a buck, hunt it a couple of times, see if there's sign. But for the most part, I'm floating around or I'm hunting a target buck. I might stay in an area for a target buck. But uh, Yeah. Thanks for the donation, uh, Michael Witt. You related to Tyler Witt? How about you, uh, Josh? Are you floating around... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I uh, I know when I hunted down by you, I, I mean, um, you constantly 
knew of areas all over the place to Republic. It was, uh, it was crazy. You have to be on top of that. Just kind of like I am around here. Yeah. We have so much public around here that it's, I mean, I can't hardly get to it all. Um, probably in a lifetime, you know, as far as covering all of it, um, I'm constantly going in, into new areas and it seems like every year I find a new couple areas that look really good that I've overlooked over the years or something. And I go in like, so what I did today, I went to a spot that's not that far from my house. That I've never been into. Um, I would, if I like had to tell you, I'd probably say 60% is me like in the springtime going and to spots I've already been in just trying to fine tune them or, or, um, you know, look for a particular deer I've, I'm after. And the other 40% is probably bopping around in new areas. Um, how far would you drive for a one day hunt? Oh, I would drive it probably. I mean, I drive an hour if I felt confident in the spot, you got to realize how much public land is around me an hour around me. I mean, that's a lot of land. I've, I've, driven as far as like a little over two hours for one yeah. of hunts. Um, I used to hunt that, that bear bait buck. I mean, I'd, I'd go off after work and that's, it was three hours away. <laughs> I just, uh, you, you know, I'd get off at like uh, two in the afternoon. So, um, I'd leave it like 10 AM, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, before I'm even punched out of work, I'm already in the stand. That is a uh, long way, <laughs> though. <laughs> Giant deer, though. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, would, I would do that. I mean, okay. You don't kill right. them if you're not hunting them, right? For sure. Rich asks. I uh, so I lied to you. I go. I used to go to Kentucky, and that's a two-hour drive. On, yeah. on a, just an evening hunt. It's not like I, I do it on a regular basis, but I mean, right? I, yeah. On a yeah. regular basis, I travel within about an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. Rich asks, what do you think about a doe when giving birth? How smart is she from any coyotes getting wind of that? Will they pick a place for better survival? Hmm. We actually talked about, about it, but I, I, I do think that uh, they do go to the same birthing areas year after year. So I think mm -hmm. they. Well, we talked about this last week on the, that study showed that uh, fawn or the does like to drop their fawns near uh, human structures. Cause there's less predators oh, yeah. around them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think they're pretty, they're probably pretty aware of, you know, what's going on around them. Um, I'd imagine, but that was, that was shown that's in that. Critter. Yeah. That was shown in that uh, Pennsylvania study we talked about last week where there was, um, you know, all those over a thousand deer uh, tagged over 10 years with a GPS collar and, uh, the does like to drop their fawns near roads or human structures. So it is crazy how, I mean, we, we probably give them too much credit sometimes, but at the same time they do stuff like that. You're like, wow. Um, of course we don't, we don't, or at least I don't think about does a whole lot to be honest with you, even though in that scenario, what you're talking about there, a fawn, you know, that's where those big bucks start as. So the, the does are a pretty important part of keeping them things alive. They're very, very vulnerable at that particular stage in life. Oh man, my uh, comments keep on driving up to the top for some reason here. Let's go to the bottom and answer some more here. If I don't get to your comment or your your question, I, I apologize. The uh, 
I think y'all commenting like a hundred comments in a row there is throwing my my thing off. So it keeps keeps going back to the top of the comment section. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, what's your favorite venison recipe? Um, mine I have posted on my YouTube page. So um, that is uh, I I cube it. I cube some uh, like. Uh, tenderloin or uh, backstrap and um i first i cut up a bunch of vegetables like zucchini and uh maybe some asparagus if i have it um some green tomatoes um and uh whatever i got and i'll uh, cube that up and get it cooking and i'll put a bunch of hot peppers in there and green peppers and cucumbers and stuff and i'll i'll, I'll cook all those vegetables are a little bit soft and then I'll add the meat last and I'll, I'll cook the cube meat in there and I'll cook it all in butter, like a couple sticks of butter. And, uh, I love that. That's my best way to cook it. Yep. That recipe is on my, uh, on my YouTube page. I don't know what the video is called, but yeah, it's an older one, but it's on there. I don't know what my favorite one is. Butter. I, yeah. I mean, if I like, like, go ahead. When I ate at your house, man, you know how to cook donuts. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. You had them, them back straps you made. Oh. Yeah. If you can like uh I've my favorite meal I've ever made personally was like a um I smoked a ham and I had I had marinated it for like over a week in in a in a, uh, in a brine and man, it was freaking good. Um but like if, if I had to like pick one meal to eat, my grandma used to make she would take back straps and tenderize them and then uh flour them and then fry them and then make gravy out of it. Man, that was good. I feel like if, if, if someone is like on the fence about eating venison, you know, some people don't want, don't want to eat it because of the thought of it being a deer. Like if you, if you would serve them that, they'd change their, change their mind. Cause like, there's no way anybody wouldn't like that stuff. But um, anyway, Anthony, hey, thanks for kitten is pretty membership. good. At cook it right. <laughs> The fluffy white ones taste the best. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe so. Uh, thanks for joining the membership, Kevin. All right, let me get back to the the comments here. <laughs> he says, uh, Willie Miller, he says, scouting a new public property, I found the skeleton of a deer with the antlers cut off. It was in a willow patch that was next to a walking trail. Um, all the willows were rubbed, question mark. So I think he's like asking, would you pay attention to, to that area? Or it's kind of weird that the antlers were cut off. I mean, someone found him there. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a question. It sounds like a statement. Could have been poached. Could have been uh, just died there. Probably just died there. I think a poacher would usually take the whole deer but or the whole head. Um, yeah. Probably one somebody didn't find that somebody else found it, smelled it or something. Oh, here we go. Sorry. He finished his question a couple comments later. What are the odds of another deer taking over that spot? <laughs> really good. We, we weren't anywhere close to what he was wanting to ask. Yeah, if, if, it's a, if it's a bedding area, fairly good. And yeah. uh, I'll add that some of the very best bedding areas I've found, I've found a lot of skeletons and a lot of deadheads right in those areas. I remember one area that uh, I really had a lot of luck in um, with some giant bucks. When I found it, it was an overlooked corner of a, uh, of a property. 
and nobody was looking at it. It was just kind of like way off to the side, way across these fields, and it was like a corner. And I noticed mm-hmm. deer were coming from that way, so I went over to check it out. And it was like this undergrowth brush, and you, you couldn't get through the brush wall. And I had to push my way through, and when I got through, you had to bend over and crawl, and it was like um, buckthorn. Mm-hmm. You had to crawl to move through this stuff. And I look around, and there were shed antlers from different years laying all over the place. Yeah. Tell me, nobody had ever even been in there, and there's beds all over the place. And I was like, holy cow. And then when I ended up hunting, and man, did some bucks come out of there. I've, I've run into a couple spots like that too. I think I had one spot where I picked up eight shed antlers in one little like decent, you know, just kind of a circle. Um, Before so. I went on a tangent, that my, my point of that was that uh, when you, when you uh, kill a deer, if you don't kill it really well, like, like say you, um, it bleeds out and dies slow and you don't find it. When they die slow, they often go back to their bedding areas. Mm-hmm. There's, secure bedding areas where they feel the safest because they're wounded injured and feeling vulnerable they go back to their safe area where they feel safe and that's where they end up dying so a lot of times you find your biggest deadheads in great bedding areas um so that was my point to, to that yeah it wasn't about shed antlers but uh it just reminded me of that spot because there's deadheads and sheds in there but yeah um but think about that i mean you, I, a lot of times my best areas I find skeletons in there. Yeah, you think it bothers a buck that there's a dead one laying in there at all? It's laying right in his bed, yeah. Yeah, but they'll just go to most bedding areas don't have one bed. Right, those fine. Uh, that's a common myth similar. people think that, that you find occasionally you find a really good spot that's one bed, but that's rare. Most yeah. of the time you have like a quarter acre spot or an eighth of an acre spot that has like 20, 30, 40 beds. Sometimes you find a really good one that's like a half acre that's got 50, 75 beds and they'll hop around based on the wind yeah. and the cover and how the cover changes through the season. Um, and in, in the midst of that, you'll find deadheads and such, you know? Yeah. I imagine like thinking about it, like if there's, a, if there's an area where there's just one bed, it, that may be a little bit unsettling to a buck too, like not to have very many options. Um, right. They move constantly. Yeah. All right. Steve has a question for us. He says, um, how important is eyesight for a buck when he is bedded? Would a farm country buck bedding on a fence line prefer the edge uh, where he can see? Or can you bedded uh, in a sea of four-foot grass where he where the grass where they could, I don't know, the end of there kind of wavered off? That's a, but. That's a really good question. And, um, um the answer is both. Um, they like to have uh, a couple of factors. Now, they, they, you got eyesight, you got smell, and you got hearing, right? So um, they'll bed in a spot where they can smell from behind and see in front, like a tree line or something. They'll be looking out of it or a wood's edge. They'll be looking out. Or they'll bed into thick cover where they can hear and smell you. Um, so they'll do both. Um, if it's a, if it's heavy cover, a lot of times they'll be on the downwind side smelling and seeing if they're into the cover, well, then they're just hearing you coming. So they'll do, uh, they'll do both. And I've seen, um, I've seen individual deers you're hunting, bedding both types of spots. So it ain't the trade of one deer. I, I wouldn't doubt it if some deer 
you know, rely on sight a little more than others and some mm-hmm. rely on that sound based bedding a little more than others. But, uh, I do believe that, uh, a lot of deer do both. Josh Banks asks, do you change anything in your hunting style and technique when in super low density big woods areas? No, I'm just hunting an individual deer all the time. So it makes no difference to me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hunting an animal. I mean, I might have to search a little more to find one in a low density area. But what I do is I find a deer to hunt. I hunt that deer and yeah. uh, it, it's one deer. It doesn't matter if it's one deer in the big woods. As a matter of fact, I'd prefer it's the only deer around. You start getting into heavy density, it gets confusing. You get deer to get down windy, they blow. You, you walk into a spot to hunt, you kick deer up. I would prefer yeah. low density if I have a buck to hunt. If I don't have a buck to hunt, of course, bigger density, you can find one quicker. Right. But either way, I'm hunting the same, same methods, same pretty much replicate yeah. itself yeah how about you um i've i've always thought that it's a little bit easier sometimes to get on a good one in lower density uh areas as far if you have time to you know mm-hmm. um it's just sometimes like i've noticed up there in uh wisconsin when i hunt up there because it's it's a lot greater density than what i have down in indiana it's like you gotta filter through so much crap sometimes or it's like there's a lot of little bucks running around and you know, you get, you yeah, kind of get a days or a few days by you without even seeing a deer. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't change, I don't change anything. In fact, I would, I, I kind of would prefer to have, you know, you don't want to have no deer at all. You know, you mm-hmm. don't want to be, um, that, that bad, but I would prefer to be, um, fewer deer and better quality than the whole bunch of deer running around everywhere. You know, a bunch of year and a half old bucks. Right. Um, Steve asked, this happened to me today, actually. He says, if a stand on public land is a gun-only stand, do you think the deer get used to that uh, pressure or stay away from it during the gun season, during the bow season? Since you just had some experience with that, why don't you answer that? I don't. If I mean, you see, here in Indiana, you can put up stands and leave them. Uh, during season, you're not supposed to have them out right now, but... Um, if you got a, just a ladder stand in the middle of a, a big open river bottom, which is what happened today, I don't. I just walk right by it. Don't even pay attention to it. The deer I'm um, after probably isn't going to be walking by that area in, in daylight hours. Um, now, if there's a, if there's a, you know, if that ladder stand was up against the swamp I was looking at, coming out of a nice trail that was right up against the swamp or something, then I'd be like, okay, this guy may be onto something here, and um, uh, maybe a bow hunter or something, you know, but. I, I don't get too worked up about it. What about you, Dan? So I think most gun, see, gun stands that I've seen are in open areas. Yeah. And uh, I don't hunt open areas. But um, let's say there is somebody that hunts my style and he puts it in someplace thick or whatever. You'd mm-hmm. probably mistake it for a bow stand. But because when I gun hunt, I hunt like I'm bow hunting. But right. uh if a guy hunts there for three or four days during gun season, he does some damage. Mm-hmm. There might still be good hunting in, uh, say, a month earlier or a month later. But to me, any place that somebody else is looking at usually don't generate 
mature bucks, like five, six, seven years old, I usually got to find a place where nobody's hunting mm-hmm. to kill bucks like that. When I hunt where other people hunt in a, and it's a good spot, I'll kill a two-year-old, maybe occasional three-year-old. But if I want to hunt those mature bucks and I want to kill those mature bucks, I got to think outside the box and find them where nobody else hunts. And uh, I really think that even if that guy's going in there for a weekend, a year, he's doing some damage. Yeah. Yeah, it just depends. Depends on where the stand is. Mm-hmm. Um, in my mind, if, if like we always talk about, or you always talk about, Dan, like getting a map on a, on your piece of public and just Xing out everywhere people would be. And like if those stands are in that area, it's like whatever, you know. Um, it is what it is. I, I well, used to always you, take you know, you run into like, like when I hunted in Michigan, you found stands out there and you're like, if I didn't hunt where there's a stand, I couldn't hunt. Yeah. But those I, guys put their stands there and they never take them down. They might not have yeah. been hunted for seven years. Well, then deer doesn't even know it's there. Yeah. But to, you know, when I was doing plots, I put up a stand the, the, the day that we um, cut the weeds. Mm-hmm. And then I came back to uh, rake them out. And the deer had bedded right underneath. And they had to force their way through brush, made a trail, beat down, and put a bed on each side of the tree that I put the stand in. Mm. And when I came back, they went back in there and they'd been in there again. So they're like watching the access for the stand. They learned where the stand was. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Smart. Oh yeah. Thanks for the, uh, or welcome to membership, Brian. Matt asks, have you noticed that deer seem more calm around turkeys in fields? What do you think? I, don't I, I don't think they bother them. No, I don't know if it makes them more calm. Or not i don't know if they're yeah i just don't think they bother with them i don't think they, yeah they mind them i don't know if it makes them mm-hmm. calm or not but i i just don't think it bothers them right i don't think it bothers them it helps them or nothing i don't think it makes them calmer like, like they're like okay there's a turkey here everything's cool if that's what you're thinking no yeah i don't think they could reason that way right lee asked if we were having a boy or girl we're having a little boy we did find out about a month ago um, you can always change your mind nowadays. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to though. <laughs> uh, uh, Kayla Holmes asks, "Would you guys consider hunting West Virginia in one of the bow-only counties?" I'd love to go to West Virginia. Yeah, me too. There's a lot of big deer out there too. Yeah, I would. I would love that. I like the idea of a bow-only too. That sounds appealing. Um, I wonder what their criteria is for it to be bow only. I wonder if it's a certain like population or, you know, anything about that? Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of odd. They got a whole county like that or counties. It seems weird, but yeah. Be like you um, live in a county where you can only bow hunt. You got to drive out of your county to gun hunt. Yeah, you think I could see weird. him doing? I could see him doing it. Like area, a, a zone or yeah. something. Yeah. Um. But I would. Uh, I'd love to hunt West Virginia one time. And I think if they had a bow only county, that'd probably be a good place to uh, to go. Yeah. I agree. What's your thoughts on hunting Sitka and whitetails in Maryland? I think um, kill one of those Sitkas. They're just like a mini elk that live in marshes like deer. Yeah, that's exactly what they're like. Cool. Yeah, I've kind of heard that that uh, area has gotten overran with people hunting, but. Yeah, I don't know. You know, everybody wants to, to hunt Sitka's, and there's only like one spot to go, right? Yeah. Um, Josh asked if we 
you guys ever find buck bedding in small cattail swamps under 20 acres? Well, all the time we call those cattail oh, yeah. bulls. You yep. find a little bull of cattails out in the middle of the woods and everybody walks by it for some reason. That's the whole deer. I mean, it's the only place that's, when it's small like that, it'll be like the only place that holds cover. Now you take that small little bowl of cattails and you put it adjacent to a uh, thousand acre cattail marsh. Well, then maybe not so much. But if you go out in a woodlot or a farmland or something, you find a small patch of cattails where there's no other cattails around. And they, that can be a magnet. Yeah. All right. Let's see here. I think we got to about all the questions. Let me go back to the bottom here and make sure there's no... No, no, I kind of, I kind of went through them in a funky way um, tonight because you guys left so many comments whenever I was giving that thing away. Um, Jonah asks, "How long does it take for deer to come to a field that has just been plowed?" Eh, they'll check it big, out right away. Yeah, I don't I'm think they like walking in it though. I was gonna say I'm not a big fan of plowed fields it's uh yeah they're not an attraction not, but i, I not, think the the dirt wise what we were talking about before all the like broken yeah. dirt yeah but uh there's nothing there for them right um my my farm one of the little farms i have here the farmer always plows after he's well, your, fields and, your fields if they plowed that you've got nothing you got yeah i know miles, that's what i meant two miles of plowed nothing yeah i know so <laughs> It's pretty hard on them. I mean, there's no reason for them to be there. Corey, thanks for joining the membership, man. Uh, I appreciate it. I think we got to most of the, the questions tonight. Um, so, everybody, have a good night. Don't forget, to, tomorrow I'll put the uh, the clip up about giving away Dan's bow. Just leave a comment on there and subscribe to the channels, and we'll give that away here in a couple weeks. So, have a good night, everybody. See ya. See ya.